I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Austin Letcher. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. This podcast is created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. everyone. Welcome back to Chords Cast. My name is Ben Forrid and I'm glad that you're joining me today. Earlier this spring, uh, Sanford Research hosted the third annual coursework series from the Professional Patient Advocates in Life Sciences, or PPALS for short. And that event will be the topic of the second episode of Chords Cast. PPALS is a nonprofit organization that supports the function of patient advocacy within the biotech and the pharmaceutical industries. Their mission is to advance patient advocacy as a profession and to serve as a catalyst for positive change throughout the rare disease community. Uh, this year, our very own Alyssa Mendel sat down with two of the organizers, Gene Campbell and David LaGreca, uh, to talk about the history of the rare disease community and the mission of PPALS. She also visited with a handful of attendees and heard some really great stories about patient advocacy. The problem, as you might imagine, with having all of that content is that it makes for a really long podcast episode. So for this month's podcast... We'll be breaking it into at least two parts so that you don't have to make so much of a commitment to listen to it all in one go. Let's begin with an introduction to the South Dakota chapter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association with an interview that Alyssa did with a young woman named Erin Hill. Following that, we'll hear some really great stuff from Gene and David. Enjoy! team. I'm here at the third annual Professional Patient Advocates and Life Sciences course, also known as PPALS. Uh, this year it's being hosted at the Sanford Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And with me today, I have Erin Hill. Erin, would you tell me a little bit about your organization? Sure. So I am uh, the director for the Muscular Dystrophy Association for the state of South Dakota. Um, and obviously we're part of a bigger national umbrella, but that's that's um, who I work for here in South Dakota. Nice. And now are you guys part of a patient registry or? You know, we actually have some of our own registry going on. Um, there is, of course, a national ALS registry okay. um, that a lot of our ALS patients register for. And, you know, then hopefully they will also register with you guys. Sure. So did you say you guys were kind of a big umbrella? Is that what you? Mm-hmm. So um, MDA, muscular dystrophy, we actually have more than 43 diseases under our oh, umbrella. Okay. Um, 
um, ALS, uh, spinal muscular atrophy. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, we're not, quote, just MDA. Um, It's not just what we do. Um, It's a big part of what we do, but there's a ton of diagnoses under our umbrella. Okay. Is there anything else that you guys have coming down the pipeline that you feel like you would want people to know about? Yep. So one of the things that we created um, about a year ago is our National Resource Center, um, which is actually not something MDA had before. Um, It's a number. It's an email address. It's a website where... um, we served about 10,000 people in the first six months of operation just calling and then from that kind of mothership they would get the information out to those of us in the field out in the districts Mm -hmm. families who needed us Um, you know the other piece of it kind of relating to research is we've been saying for years and years it's coming it's coming these these treatments are they're coming through the pipeline but they really are starting to Mm -hmm. Um, just in my three years at MDA there's been five new treatments for conditions that didn't exist before. Um, And so research is really happening. The collaboration is really happening. The walls are starting to come down. um, And it's just a really exciting time to be a part of of a job like this. That's great. What was one of the things that you guys did as an organization to bring those walls down with research? Mm -hmm. You know, I think some of it is honestly the internet in a lot of ways has has been a way to Maybe the scientists aren't so good at having the the conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, they're used to sitting at the bench, a lot of them. So maybe the email conversations even okay. are easier for them to have to break down some of those walls. Um, and then we just recently had um, our clinical conference in D.C., which brought in hundreds and hundreds of people from around the country, not just people who are part of the neuromuscular community, although that was primarily it. Um, and they're saying it, it was one of the best they've ever been to because the collaboration piece the conversations are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. People aren't holding their research quite so close to their chest anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something we're really pushing at MDA is if we're going to solve these things, we've got to work together. That's great. Uh, and last question here, PPALs, what do you think so far? I know we're just kind of getting kicked off for the day, but what do you think? Well, I, you know, it's crazy to me that I'm the only person from South Dakota taking this amazing certification training. The brain power that's in these rooms is incredible. The The number of organizations that are represented, um, I I can't believe more people who, who do patient advocacy here in South Dakota aren't here. They need to be here, and, and not just from here, but from all over the country. This is really special. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Thank you for having me. Yes. of the rare disease community. I've got Jean Campbell with me and David LaGreca. You guys have been around in the rare disease space for a while now. Jean, can you just kind of tell me a little bit of why you got started? So oddly enough, I have been in the rare disease space for almost 30 years. And it's I never knew anything about a rare disease. I used to pass by the office of the National Organization for Rare Disorders on my way of bringing my kids to the orthodontist. They shared the same building. (laughs) And eventually, a friend of mine worked there, 
and convinced me that I needed to work there too. And I was hired by my now really good colleague, Maria Harden, to work in the patient assistance program. Mm -hmm. Thus, I learned about rare diseases, very grassroots, very hands-on, at a time when faxes were exciting and there was no internet and nothing like that. And so I watched the evolution of the rare disease community kind of grow. And I stuck around because I found it contagious in a good way, is how I put it. <laughs> so now, after I spent almost 20 years at the National Organization for Rare Disorders, been out on my own consulting, uh, primarily in the patient advocacy field for industry side, the, co the companies, and for patient advocacy groups, I am thoroughly enjoying the work that I do. That's, that's great. That's wonderful. David, how did you get started here? Um, almost 20 years ago. Almost 20 almost. years ago. Wow. Um, I, I was working as a consultant doing strategic and business planning for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And I was asked by a former client of mine whose organization I had restructured uh, he called me and said that he was becoming board chair of this national organization and what I consider mm -hmm. uh, uh, sending him a proposal to do a business plan. Uh, well, first it was a whole series of, assess of uh, program assessments and mm -hmm. then to do a, a strategic plan for the National Organization for Rare Diseases. And mm -hmm. that's how I met Jean. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we met. I have a healthcare background. I was a hospital administrator. I've worked in community-based healthcare organizations since the late 70s that range from uh, medical services to poor families in South Providence mm -hmm. to AIDS and New York City and Boston. And I've worked with youth employment and low-income people. And What's unique about this population of rare disease organizations for me and of interest as I look at issues like board development and organizational development and fundraising is that these are viral national organizations with very small operating bases anywhere in the United States. And the organizations are usually represented by two or three family clusters mm -hmm. who have kids or family members connected to the disease. And they really, as we left faxes behind, <laughs> moved into the internet world, they, they really haven't developed as online networks and so it's hard to build an organization mm -hmm. where it is very little footprint any place mm -hmm. and it has members all over the place. And so um, I think it's a challenge to do it. And it's a challenge to particularly do it for people, as we know, who don't have access to good health care and who, if it's difficult for people with rare diseases to get a diagnosis, it's really difficult for people who don't have access to healthcare to mm -hmm. get a diagnosis of a rare disease. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into it. And Jean, uh, Jean and I were doing a conference four years, five years ago now. Five years ago. And uh, I met uh, 
her two co-founders of PayPal's. And I was the kind of, I was the note taker and the go to say, okay, how are we going to shape this? What do you want this to look like? How do we do this? Mm-hmm. And so from the sidelines, I've been here and, and uh, she said to me, do you want to go to South Dakota? <laughs> I did. I did. It was very and simple. I like South Dakota. <laughs> now we do. You love it now. I, I, I Actually, I do like it. This is my fourth time here and I have one winter visit under my belt which was really kind of cool i was very impressed with how you handle the snow so i thought if they know how to get it off the road after a night of snow falling i i can deal with this Mm -hmm. i'm okay didn't bother me at all and when you came during that snowstorm that was a pretty intense one yes it was it was really kind of interesting (laughs) but i was still it you helped save me uh a little bit that night but it was really kind of fun and exciting and uh, yeah, and because Connecticut, we have a lot of hills, so here mm. it was relatively flat, so it wasn't yeah. too bad. It wasn't too bad, but it was here for your uh, medical symposium and yeah. your Great Plains, Great yep, Great Plains meeting, which I thought was phenomenal. I thought it was really terrific. Thank you, thank you. Now you both mentioned a little bit about peepows. Tell me about. Peep house. Uh, I hear this has been a hot topic. I hear a lot of people oh talking my goodness. about this. Now. I'm almost—it's really kind of surprising, and I'm thrilled. So, first, it's an acronym. It stands for Professional Patient Advocates in Life Sciences, and the concept came about when individuals that we both know, or we all know, who work in the industry as patient advocates, they're the face of the company to the patient community realized that they all got along and they were really terrific, but they wanted to be officially recognized as an association. Mm -hmm. So after several conversations and uh, investigation about different things, we formalized. We became a 501c3 about in 2014, and we were all set, you know, to be a representative, a place where individuals could come and network with each other and learn from each other and and discuss topics of interest to them. And on the list was, um, well, one day we hope to develop a curriculum that would be able to teach people because most people in this function come from all different walks of life Mm -hmm. to be that patient advocate. And... That really is, and PayPal's has kind of grown in the short time, is becoming more recognized. And we were very fortunate that um, we found a home here at Sanford to put on our course, which we do in conjunction with Sanford, who will graciously not just support us, but encourage us mm-hmm. to continue to do this good work. Uh now, besides the fact that it's a reward just to come out here to Sanford every year in Sioux Falls in the dead of winter, like you mentioned, what is or what has been, I mean, obviously the rare disease space, there are challenges, but you guys, I can sense your passion. What's been the most rewarding thing for you guys doing the work you've done as you both have decades of work that you've accomplished? For me, it's been... Uh, I always thought that as the leadership of the community, which is really the leadership of PayPal's, as as they progressed in their career, they were the trailblazers, and and they have a lot of knowledge and information mm-hmm. 
to pass on to the next generation. And so what I've been excited by is that younger people in the field are recognizing the PayPal's meaning as a place to get uh, exposure to other people who are doing the, sim- the same thing that they're trying mm-hmm. to do in different settings or people who have done it for years. And some of the people who have moved the rare disease movement along from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, like Steve Cross and Molly. Marlene Hafner and, and yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's a little bit of what David is talking about is taking what's been in our heads and what we've learned all these years and imparting it to the next generation. I've been mm-hmm. talking a lot about the next generation and it's the history that we can bring and not that it has to repeat itself, but just to say, all right, this is why these things have happened and this is how this came to be, just for clarity. And let's impart this to you and mm-hmm. let's introduce you to the right people. And I think being able, what I've been hearing, this is our third year of PayPals, mm-hmm. and what I'm seeing is that um, it's kind of the next generation craves some of that old school kind of learning. Mm-hmm. They want to know the beginnings. They want to know how this happened and how it came to be mm-hmm. and who were the players. And they're kind of surprised to see that some of the player that, you know, I was just talking to Seth from the Huntington's disease community. Mm-hmm. And when I told him that Abby Myers, who founded one of the founders of Nord worked with Marjorie Guthrie, who was also one of the pioneers in, the, in mm-hmm. behind the Orphan Drug Act. He was in awe. He never knew that. <laughs> wow. Or that Nord's first office was in the corner of the Huntington's Disease Office. And he said, I never knew that. I said, well, no one ever asked. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know here's a book and you could read it. But it's that kind of stuff where we're taking mm-hmm. what's out of our head and giving it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's been cool. I, I love the work that you guys are doing, and I really appreciate you both taking the time to speak with me this afternoon. It's truly an honor to be sitting across the table from you both. You're and so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you. Delightful. Great and to be here. On behalf of Sanford, we appreciate you guys having P-Pals here every year, and we look forward to continuing to work with you. And should we promise that we'll be back next year? <laughs> we will. We will. In Thank May. you. Come and there, May. And there shouldn't be any snowstorms. So Hopefully not in May. I shouldn't have to come dig you out. Yes. <laughs> have to come back east to see us. Thank you, all. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. The theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Chordscast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Cords Casts.